Welcome to the Dacus Report, hosted by Pacific Justice Institute founder and president Brad Dacus. For 25 years, PJI has counseled, represented, and defended people whose religious freedoms, parental rights, or sanctity of life have been obstructed or violated, all free of charge. We leave no one behind and level the playing field for Americans as they are subjected to the tyranny of the powerful. Now, here's Brad Dacus. Welcome to the Dacus Report. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Uh, Later in today's show, we're going to interview uh, our attorney who heads up our office in Arizona. Talk about some of the hot issues taking place there. Uh, You're definitely not going to want to miss it. Uh, But first, I'd like to bring on the attorney who heads up our office in Maryland, uh, Lorna Henry. Uh, Lorna, welcome to the show. Thank you, Brad. Thanks for having me. Well, it's great having you, and I know you're really busy uh, there in Maryland. There's a lot going on in Maryland, I understand. Uh, uh, specifically, uh, there's some you know, issues uh, dealing with religious freedom and uh, parental rights that are facing the, the parents and people there in Maryland right now, right? Yes, absolutely. We've been getting calls from employees, former employees of small and large companies who lost their job because of the COVID vaccine mandate. They requested a religious accommodation because of their sincerely held religious belief, whether it be uh, because the vaccine was connected to aborted fetal cells or for some other religious reason. They requested an exemption, they were denied, and then they were subsequently terminated. And also in Maryland, there's a very big case that's been filed um, by a religious liberty law firm um, in regards to uh, parents of, of multiple faiths who do not want to go along with the push for uh, this transgender ideology in the public schools. And they want to be able to opt out, opt their children out of that curriculum, and they've been denied that right. Okay, so let's talk about that case. Give us some background of of what actually happened. Sure. So the case name is Mahmoud B. McKnight. Uh, Tamer Mahmoud is one of the named plaintiffs. He is one of six parents who are Muslim, Christian, and the defendants um, are the superintendent of the Montgomery County School Board, as well as the school board members in their official capacity. Now, um, now just I got to a give quick, you a little quick, quick question. You said they're Muslim and Christian. I think our audience is yeah. going to be a little baffled by that. Are you saying that the, 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 paint, the plaintiff, Mr. Uh, or Manifa McKnight, contends to be both a Christian and a Muslim? I want to make sure oh, that's no, clear. Let me- Go ahead. No, let me <laughs> let me clarify. The plaintiff is Tamar Mahmoud and the defendant is Monifa McKnight. The Tamar Mahmoud is one of six parents who filed the lawsuit. Uh, he is Muslim. Some of the other parents are Christian. Okay, gotcha. Just a little point of clarity there because I can see some people going, what? What? You know, take two? Okay, great. I'll say, yeah, please continue. So it sounds like an interesting case. Please continue. Okay, so... Um, For the prior school year, so for the 2022 through 2023 school year, parents um, in the Montgomery County school system were notified, uh, according to Maryland policy and school board policy, that their children would be learning um, uh, or being, they would be given uh, instruction related to LGBTQ themes. And parents were given the option to opt out and their request for an opt-out was honored. So fast forward a couple months later, the school board notified the parents again 
in, in advance of the, this current school year that they would be using LGBTQ-themed materials once again. But this time they said, parents, you do not have an option to opt out. They reclassified this particular instruction as English language arts curriculum, rather than what it was previously classified as, which, which is family life and human, human sexuality. And under Maryland law, parents can opt out of family life and human sexuality instruction, but not out of English language curriculums. So uh, the school district, courtesy probably of the, the liberal teachers union, uh, decided to say, no, we're going to make sure we indoctrinate every one of these kids. We're not going to respect the rights of parents. We're going to force our LGBTQ uh, gar you know, garbage in the, in the minds of these children. And they went ahead and put it in English literature. Golly gee, you know, it really baffles me. There's so much literature out there. But they decided to bring this kind of propaganda into the uh, literature. I don't think that was an accident. Do you? Oh, not at all. You see this all across the country in public schools. And very interesting um, the way this happened. So initially for the upcoming school year, the, the, the superintendent of public schools sent an email that said, yes, parents, you can opt out of this curriculum for this school year. Within 24 hours, that policy was reversed. And Parents were astonished. And they, and they have actually, they're protesting here. About 250 parents of Muslim and Christian faiths and other faiths um, protested in front of the school board uh, just two months ago. So they, they are fighting for their children and for their religious beliefs. Now, parents have a fundamental right over the education, welfare, religious, moral instruction, health of their children. Uh, case law is very clear on that. Pierce Versailles Sisters, Myers v. Nebraska, Wisconsin v. Yoder. So the fact that this school district is doubling down, courtesy of the, the radical uh, anti-God teachers union and their activists, uh, is, should have parents alarmed across the country. Because my understanding, Lorna, is this is not an anomaly. This is more of the norm in government schools, public schools across the country. Uh, do you agree? Oh, I agree. And these types of situations are gaining attention nationwide. So, for example, in another school district in, in the state of Minnesota, just last month, um, this is at da Vinci, da Vinci Academy, a public charter school, uh, 200, nearly 200 students um, participated in what was called an attendance strike that lasted four days over this very issue, the use of LGBTQ, LGBTQ themed books. And this is gaining traction. The um, executive director of that particular school system convened a meeting with the parents to review the material. And she is also meeting with the Coalition of Islamic Relation Affairs uh, that's representing the parents. In this particular school, it's primarily Muslim, Muslim parents that are protesting. So tell me about these books. It's not just one or two, is it? It's, it's actually a number of books that they're using to cram down their radical leftist uh, ideology, pro-sexual revolution ideology that, uh, that's uh, being pushed on these kids, right? Correct. In Maryland, it's 22 books. In Minnesota, it was 20. So you're absolutely right. 
uh, Brad. It's not one or two. And it's pushing uh, a transgender ideology. It's encouraging gender transitioning. And aside from the transgender aspect of it, some of these parents find these books inappropriate because of the romantic overtones. It has nothing to do with the transgender ideology, but some of this is very inappropriate for their three and four-year-olds. And that's the demographic group being targeted. As early as pre-K up through high school, students wow. are being subjected to yeah. the, this kind of material. Yeah, this is, this is dangerous. People don't understand that. You know, children at, at young ages from 18 months on, uh, at least I know for boys, they're dealing and coming to grips with gender identity and they are affirming their identity. And that's, you know, this is a part of their development. So they're trying, the, these radical leftists are trying to infect these kids at a very young age with something that is not psychologically helpful. It doesn't decrease depression. It doesn't decrease suicide. In fact, if anything, it precipitates suicide. And if most children are just left alone, in the, at the elementary school level, instead of being indoctrinated down in preschool, if just left alone, the studies show that the overwhelming majority of these kids will no longer have this confusion, no longer have a desire to change their gender, and they're going to live healthy lives. But if they're confirmed and they're solidified, which is what the teachers union wants to do with these kids, then, and the school district, controlled by teachers union, then these kids, Lorna, um, they're down a, a path of death because most will not live to see their 30th birthday because of the unresolved depression that is not resolved by, by going down this path of transgenderism and that tr depression leads to suicide. It's cruel, it's sick, it's dangerous and these children are being led to, literally to slaughter, to confusion le leading to, to, to death. Uh, you know, that's why we need to not be complacent about this because these children, uh, they do matter, they are important. So, what are the, the basically, uh, what are the complaints that are being cited by the parents in this lawsuit against uh, what's taking place? Well, they, and the, and the complaint, which is 50 pages, is very well drafted. It has a lot of what you just shared as well. The, the fact that this transgender ideology and the push for this in the school system does not help students overall. But they cite specific um, um, things from the books that parents are finding objectionable. So for example, one particular book called Pride Puppy, which is targeted toward three and four year olds, um, it invites, well, give you a little background. In the book, the narrative is that two women are taking their um, children to a pride parade and it invites the reader, which is intended for three and four year olds, to find things that they might um, see at a pride parade. So they have a drag queen, a drag king, they have, um, you know, an intersex flag, just various things that we wouldn't even talk about um, outwardly. They, they have it in a book for little children to read. Yeah, underwear, particularly different kinds underwear, of underwear, yes. yes. And then some other stuff we don't need to talk about. But yeah, stuff that, once again, they're pushing on little children down the age of three and four-year-olds and all the way on up. My understanding is it's not just the three and four-year-olds. They have this material targeting different grade levels so that every child will be thoroughly indoctrinated and be questioning and doubting uh, their gender, which if left alone, they probably wouldn't be. And if left alone, even if they were, 
they'd probably work it through and no longer have the confusion. Uh, you know, the this, this studies psychologically show what results, the death rate, the depression and death. Uh, medically speaking, there's absolutely nothing medical to justify gender confusion. Absolutely nothing. And I've, I research, I look at what's out there, I look at the propaganda on the other side. There's nothing to justify this. This is a cult uh, that's out to take the children and parents have every right to be outraged uh, because of this. Uh, Lorna, thank you for your great uh, efforts. Uh, Keep up the great work. We're so glad to have you on our team. Thank you, Brad. Did you know that all of PJI's practical resources are offered free of charge and that we are proud to have served hundreds of thousands of people in this way? Just visit us at pji.org to download all the current and free resources you need. Now, back to the Dacus Report. Welcome back. Uh, Before we talk to our attorney out of Arizona, I do want to address an issue that has been very alarming and has come to our attention at PJI. Uh, We've seen it on the news. Uh, Students uh, radically demonstrating in favor of Hamas, a terrorist organization, and demonstrating to wholeheartedly support their dastardly, uh, just diabolical, uh, outrageous murdering and rape and a sadistic treatment of little babies massively uh, in Israel, including to 29 Americans being murdered. They're on campuses, college universities and campuses, Harvard, Columbia University, uh, Boston University, Stanford, colleges all across the country, these students are in like in a mob capacity uh, out there radically calling for the death and extermination of Israel. It's real. It's happening. It's massive. And I want to make something really clear. It's not going to go uncontested. We hear of students being harassed in the classrooms. A professor from Stanford, a instructor there has reportedly had the the three Jewish kids in the class stand in a corner, face the wall to humiliate them and put them and bring them down. Allegedly also saying that when asked about the Holocaust, how many Jews died in the Holocaust, the kids in the class said six million. And and, and this instructor said only six million. That's how sick and hate-filled and dangerous professors at our universities across the country have, have become. And then we also have what's taking place with regards to, to individual students being harassed and bullied and picked on, uh, physically assaulted because they're Jewish or because they're supportive of Israel. Um, this is taking place. And these, these mob-like demonstrators are, take, are, are doing their deal. And it's not just immigration students from radical Muslim countries with radical Muslim ideology. Uh, these are also a lot of kids who come from nice families, traditional American families, who are swept in because of the indoctrination of radical leftist professors permeating our universities, even some Christian universities, quote unquote, across the country. Well, we at PHI are doing something about it, and we are making it apparent and we're announcing it publicly that we stand ready to defend 
legally defend any student in the United States being harassed because they're Jewish uh, or being harassed because their support of Israel uh, and be, you know, who they have religious convictions, they have their beliefs, they're being harassed. We stand ready with our offices. We stand ready to serve them without charge. And if you know of anyone out there that is un, un, uh, enduring this kind of treatment by these pro-Hamas, pro-terrorist thugs, I want you to have them contact us immediately so we can help these victims, help these people uh, who stand up for their faith, stand up for Israel, stand up for their convictions. Uh, please have them contact us. Just simply have them go to pji.org. So please don't hesitate to contact us at pji.org. We're here for such a time as this. Now I'd like to bring on uh, our attorney who heads up our office there in Arizona. He's a very sharp attorney, Lynn Gore. Uh, Lynn, thank you for the program. uh, Thank you for having me, Brad. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, It's, uh, you know, you're uh, doing a lot there in Arizona. You're a very seasoned, experienced litigator. We're so delighted to have you as a part of our team at PJI. Uh, Last time you were on this show, uh, we talked about moves being made by the Arizona governor. Uh, can you update us on how things are going there in Arizona? Sure. Fortunately, it's going to be quiet now for uh, the rest of the year. Uh, the legislature, last time we discussed the number of bills, uh, common sense bills that she uh, vetoed. And uh, I think the legislature will have another lash at passing some of those next session. That starts in January. So, it's going to be a little quiet on the state level for now, which is which is good news for for Arizonans. Okay, well, uh, can you share with what's happening then uh, in terms of the the local community where you are there in Arizona? Sure. Um, as you recall from a few months ago, when uh, the Glendale Unified School District had blocked student teachers from coming from Arizona Christian uh, University. Uh, based on the fact that that's a Christian university, that those are Christian student teachers, there was an uproar from that, and they they backed down immediately. Now we're looking at a case where um, the there's a student club, a Christian club, who wants to form at Glendale Unified High School, so the main high school in the Glendale district, and they are getting pushback from not only the principal there, but also at the district level. So we're working with that family, trying to figure out a plan as far as how we're going to be able to help them get that recognition that they legally have a right to get. I mean, the law has been pretty clear for um, many, many decades. The problem is that schools don't follow the law and have not followed the law. And there's a lot of parents out there and a lot of, and a lot of students, high school students, who don't know that there are resources available for them, like PJI, where we can come in and educate the educators on what the law is and uh, uh, how that needs to be applied to student clubs. Yeah, this is uh, tragic when we see school districts just engaging in so open and blatant bigotry and hostility. You know, I know uh, Arizona Christian University uh, took a definite hit from the school uh, district in a, you know, a, a terrible way. I mean, uh, what, um, 
you know, what, what went on there in terms of its, its resolve? Well, well um, fortunately, the, the Arizona Uni uh, Christian University st stood up to the district uh, and actually filed a lawsuit against the district, and that case settled almost immediately. Um, and I don't know all the terms of the settlement, but I think it went back to the, the status quo where, again, the students from Arizona Christian University were, were going to be treated the same as any buddy from any other university. In other words, they were not going to be singled out and discriminated based on the fact that they're Christians or that they come from a Christian university. So that was that was a pretty big win. And so I'm a little surprised that the district and the principal are taking a similar stance here against this one particular Christian club. Yeah, I mean, here you have students, they're student teachers, and here you have the school district saying, oh, oh, these student teachers are from uh, that Christian college, Arizona Christian University, and they're not you know, bowing the knee to the radicalism of the left. Uh, they actually have true Christian beliefs. They believe in the Bible. Oh, we're not going to let those kids be in our student you know, teaching program. The fact that they had the audacity to do that and think that they could get away with it, I mean, it really shows you how sick a lot of public educators are and, and how twisted and extreme the teachers' union uh, happens to be who are putting their puppets on these school boards. That's my take, and that's my assessment of, of uh, what's taking place and what we see usually happening uh, when school districts are doing these things. It's often because the, the teachers' union is just engaging in their open bigotry against uh, students of faith, particularly of the Christian faith. And uh, I mean, I'm glad that they're hopefully learning their lesson. I'm hoping other uh, school districts will learn from it as well. What, Lynn, do you think other school districts uh, are taking notice of this in Arizona and perhaps beyond uh, that they cannot uh, get away with showing bigotry and discrimination against uh, student teachers simply because they went to a, a solid Christian college? Uh Unfortunately, I don't think so. Maybe with the, with that particular Arizona Christian University, but with with Christian clubs in general, for example, the one at at, at Glendale High School, who's trying to be recognized at this, uh, as a, as a student recognized club, the same as all the other clubs. I mean, high schools these days have many many interests and many clubs. Um, I actually don't think that the message is getting through to administrators. They've been so indoctrinated that there's a wall of separation between uh, state and religion, and therefore that they need to, to just automatically discriminate against Christian clubs on the basis of their faith and the content of their speech. And so, I, unfortunately, I think that's so permeated throughout the uh, education colleges and throughout the um administrations, you know, the professional school administration class that I think we're, we might have to do this uh, over and over and over again. Um, we already did it earlier in uh, here in Southern Arizona, where I was able to write just a, a very brief summary of the law, gave it to the students, and they took that to the administration, and that was resolved very, very informally. That was a charter school here in Tucson, and now this is a bigger public school, uh, and so I'm, I'm hoping that a letter, a similar letter to the administration there will resolve the issue, because they just don't, they don't know or they don't care, and right. we right. might have to fight this battle one school at a time. Well, we're ready to do it. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the program, we have 
uh, offices all across the United States and states, you know, all coast to coast. And it's exciting to see that we actually have the arsenal. We've got the ground game to make sure Satan has no place to go for vacation. I mean, that's, that's my mindset. Uh, and, you know, I want people to know that if they're dealing with a school district like this and they have a Christian club or they're a student teacher, whatever the issue may be, uh, they shouldn't take it just lying down. They should contact us at pji.org so we can serve them and represent them. And we have attorneys like you willing to go to bat for them. Uh, but it, uh, if we don't stand up to it, then it's, it's, it's going to just continue. It's going to ri- send ripples of fear and intimidation. Uh, we don't want that, and we're committed to making sure that that uh, doesn't happen. So I encourage people, if they have any pushback, contact us. We've defended Christian clubs before. We've defended uh, student uh, teachers and people in internships before, as well as employees. So I encourage them to contact us. So thank you again, Lynn, for the work you do. I know you go do a lot of speaking as well. And if people want uh, Lynn or other attorneys to speak at their church or elsewhere, please don't hesitate to contact us at pji.org. God bless you, and thanks again. Thank you, Brad. We would love the opportunity to continue to serve you. Just visit pji.org and click the Legal Insider button to sign up for our email newsletter. At PJI, we help individual employees, employers, business owners, pastors, students, citizens of every stripe through our practical resources, counsel, representation, and defense, all free of charge at PJI.org. PJI is an island of stability and assurance in our ever-churning sea of legal and societal chaos. We are here for you. So folks, just remember, It's our God-given freedoms we're talking about. Now, let's choose to keep them. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Let's continue the fight for your freedoms.